Welcome to the Pause, Ride, and Play podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in again. We got the cast back to finish off The Last of Us, season one. We got episode five, six, seven, eight, and nine to talk about today, and we brought back the full all-star cast. We have Alice. Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, so tired. How are you? Why are you so sleepy? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just you need, tired. Do you drink coffee? Yeah. You should engage in drinking more coffee. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing is that it, my whole day has been caffeine. So. Oh. Have you, you tried cocaine? Um, No, actually. <laughs> don't do it. I'm I did think about it, it for just like a minute because I have a lot of like cocaine related stories. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing though. And Paige. Hello. <laughs> hello. Are you also tired? I'm caffeinated yes it's my first caffeine in like three days really so. wow. doing it at 7 30 at night you're gonna be up all night long yep <laughs> <laughs> definitely Paige is going to like in the middle of the night someone's gonna hear Paige like tinkering and like she'll be like building like legos or connects or something it's or like a mountain like, of mashed potatoes mm, i did buy some this means something <laughs> <laughs> it'll just be extra loud clickety clackety on the keyboard Gotta beat Octopath Traveler 2, guys. I'm so close. Oh my gosh, can I tell you a funny joke I did? Yes. Okay, so at my work, there's like this wreath that showed up in our bathroom. And um, in the women's bathroom. And one of my friends at work said that it looked like the cordus, cordra, corda. Cordyceps? Cordyceps. I don't know. So I took it. I took it and waited for her to leave her office. Uh -huh. And I took it out and I put it on her desk. And I said... Oh shoot! I forgot what I said. You but stood it was in the funny. corner and you went. No, so and then when she went in, I was I was like, oh, nice. No. And then a week later, I took it and hid under her desk <laughs> and held it in front of my hands or put my head. And I was like, and she was, oh sweet Jesus! You go <laughs> harder on a joke than anyone I know. Oh, I had to like follow through with it because the first time it was just funny, and the next. And I scared her, and it was perfect. Yeah. Oh boy, nice, Thank you for nice. sharing. Josh, hi. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. You having a good week? Having an excellent week. I'm finally going to get my car back after it being yes. in the shop for like a week and a half. Dude, so you hit a bump, Ooh. right, in, with your car. I hit a bump, and my car has been exposed. My car that I bought two months ago, they went to fix the thing that was happening, which was... I thought super simple. Basically, when I was turning corners, my horn would rapidly beep. It was very annoying. I honked at a cop. It was great. I thought it was going to be simple. And then when they went to fix it, they're like, there was stuff from a previous accident that was not fixed. So I called the dealership I got it from, and they're helping me pay for it. Like, wasn't it it's like good. to the point where no. your airbag could have like went off anytime, right? Yeah. Basically, we found that out. So Sketchy, thank goodness right? that didn't That's happen. Really scary. Yeah, dang. He's, he's good and well, though. I'm Wait. excited for him to get his car back. Um, but I have been enjoying the moped he's been driving around in the winter of Utah. Wait, really? No, I'm kidding. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just wanted to see all your faces. You fooled us. I'm a liar. What got can me. I say? Hi, Vince. Hi. How are you? <laughs> We're all coming in with such energy Hi. with the hello. It's positive energy day today. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm Monday, good. actually. So, Yeah, it is. Why are we no. recording on a Monday again? Just uh, kidding. <laughs> I don't remember. I remember. <laughs> Somebody had a baby or something. But <laughs> that freaking guy. But anyhow, Vince, how have you been, man? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. Staying busy. Staying busy? Staying busy. I saw that you went on a hike last week. Yeah, I got up just uh, up above Pleasant Grove. Took this dog that's hidden under the table that has been scratching at the door over the last couple of episodes. <laughs> we had to let him down. This is my dog Mac. I don't Mr. think you can see him. 
But yeah, I wanted to get them outside, and it's actually getting warm outside. Yeah, it's, it's teasing us. It's doing the Utah tease, you Utah know, where tease. it's like showing a little ankle. Yeah, it kind of like shows a little bit. It's like, hey, look how warm it is out here. And you're like, oh Ooh. yay, time to put the snowboard away and get out and have some fun, <laughs> like some warm fun. Snowboarding's fun too. And then the next day, like it's supposed to snow again this Friday. So like Stupid. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> I think it's supposed to snow again. So I literally put my snowboard boots away like mm-hmm. today. And then I looked at the forecast, and I'm like, oh, maybe I do have a couple weeks left to get up there. Maybe I shouldn't have done it so soon. Well, I did hear that some of the ski resorts in Utah have extended another yeah. month on Snow there. Basin, it's their longest season in like a decade or something wow. like that. Yeah. So I remember when year. I was younger, like you could go till May at some resorts, I feel like. And maybe I'm wrong. I feel like you could just go forever. Oh, Ooh. no. Bernard! We Sorry. Have, we have battle dogs. <laughs> Bernie, you grumpy old man. Yeah. <laughs> I Sorry, we got, he was here for a minute. We sure. got my dog and her dog in here. They're, it's a pug and a Bernice mountain dog, and they the 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 pug doesn't really like the Bernice anymore. <laughs> you can't keep up. Yeah. He's getting old, old and Max's a young puppy and wants to play, and Bernard just gets grumpy and angry. It's it's like when stepbrothers, like when uh, what's his name, is describing his dad and himself, like once the old bull versus the young calf or whatever. Do you, if you do you remember that? Uh uh-uh. uh So pretty much Bernie is the old bull, and uh, Mac is the young calf. Yeah. Every time you say, it, I think you're saying bull. Bull. B o w l. I. I grew up on a farm, so I have an actual <laughs> slur. A bull? A bull. bull. I, I'd rather not continue that part <laughs> of my day. Uh, but Vince, I'm glad that you might have to pull your snowboard boots out again because the yeah, winter has been epic, needless to say. Um, no, that's good. That's good. That's good. Well, we're back. But really quickly, tell us one thing you've been watching recently that has been enjoyable for you. We're going to start with Paige. Uh, I listened to you guys' conversation about White Lotus last time, and I have started it. I'm at the end of season two. Yes. <laughs> How close to the end Happiness. of season two? Uh, I think I'm on like episode five. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so I nice. get it now. It's so good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, it's I don't so get good. it still, so I'm still out. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Paige. You I'm glad that it. you're enjoying that, and yeah. thank you for taking reference from the podcast and going with it. Uh, let's go with Vince. What have you been watching lately? Uh, I think I should use this time just to report on the Oscars. Ooh. Our Oscars. Oh, true. Yes, thing. our results. <laughs> yeah, results. Uh, we did not do good <laughs> as a team, guys. We we should have listened to a lot of Josh's recommendations on the before. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so we didn't do good as a team, but, you know, there's that. And who did do good at the Oscars? Uh, I can't remember there. who. Let me get there. <laughs> Give him a at our Oscars party this year. Alice won the, the whole thing. She took it all. Oh. She beat me by a little bit. I don't remember how much. Second year Six in or row. something points. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you got some street cred then with the Oscars organization. I won at my work too. They ma- they 3D printed me an Oscar. <laughs> I accidentally amazing. broke it today. <laughs> 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 I fell off the, my desk and she's, she's won two years in a row at our Oscar party now. It's because so you don't invite me to your Oscar parties, Vince. Yeah. Would it's I have my, beat it's my older sister's party. She's got kids and doesn't want it to be a party party. Uh so it's a pretty low key okay. Oscar party. I know I you older sister. That you just don't want me to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus I didn't need the competition. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Um Oscars. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Did you enjoy watching it? Yeah, I had fun. I enjoy I enjoy the whole experience. Like the show's fun, but I miss half the jokes because I'm talking to people too loud. Just enjoying attention. life at the same time. Yeah, eating food, just yeah, this is fun. Okay. Well, fun. What was the best food at your Oscar party? 
I don't even remember what we ate. Exactly. <laughs> well, okay. Well, anyhow. Nachos. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had nachos that were really great. Nachos. And nachos pork are good. With pork on top. Drumsticks. And if anyone watched and didn't know not to, not to before. Maybe not to. It's on my list. That was us, right? You didn't know it. I didn't know it. But when we started so watching. So, guys, I did not watch the Oscars, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, Josh, what have you been watching? This made you happy. Ted Lasso, season Yay. three. Yes. Um, so... Ted Lasso season three does not fill the week to week hole of The Last of Us. I like Ted Lasso as much, I think, as The Last of Us. Like, I'm not gonna like try to ring him or something or anything like that. But I just don't think I love it as a week to week show. You know, like, so you'd rather have it as a binge. Like The Last of Us was fun. I didn't think I'd like it week to week. I did end up liking it week to week. So much to talk about, to think about, to see the cool Easter eggs and whatnot. Ted Lasso, it still has a lot of those things, but just the comedy, a little more sitcom feel. I'm just like, I would love to binge this. Mm. But I'm also not going to wait till it's all over to binge it. I'm going to mm. watch it every week, but just like silently loathe. That's, ex- that's almost, that's exactly what I thought too. When I watched that first one, I was like, okay, I'm ready for the next one. And then I was like, oh, not well, just that. guess I got to wait. It felt isolated from it. Wait, it felt is like the a second different episode feel. already out or is it coming out on Wednesday, right? Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday. I, I just want to double check here, guys. I'm not as street savvy as you guys are, I think, in this not world. Not in the know. Not in the know. However, I also have been watching Ted Lasso and I enjoyed the first episode back. However, I'm going to report on Shrinking. Have you guys watched that or heard about it? It's an Apple TV Plus. Jason Segel and Harrison Ford, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's I all about like that. kind of like a, a therapist and kind of the after effects of a traumatic experience in his life, his relationship with his daughter, his coworkers, his neighbors, just kind of like his life experience and him trying something new in his practice as a therapist. And it's very fascinating, very interesting. I enjoy it. I enjoy therapy personally. So I thought, oh, maybe a sitcom on, excuse me, therapy would be great. And um, seriously, though, Jason Segel is, is amazing. Is he's, he the therapist or is he's, he the... He's a therapist. Okay. Yeah. So he is, a, he is a therapist and he, it's interesting because it kind of like has like kind of like the slapstick comedy between like Harrison Ford is funny in this, but he's also still Harrison Ford, you know. Because he's, he's so gruff. grumpy. He's, he's grumpy and gruff and he deals with... Uh, a disease and stuff like that. So I definitely, if you have an Apple TV Plus, would recommend watching Shrinking. Uh, Jason Segel has the coolest freaking old school Bronco. He kind of like does a couple of things that, that they'll just make you laugh. The series is funny. And one of the things he does is he moves his TV into his bathroom and he sits and watches movies from his tub. I'm not a tub person. Just throwing that out there. And it made me want to relax in the tub and watch a movie so bad. So, yeah, that's what I've been watching. Grab a couple bath bombs. Yeah! Get nice and comfy, light a couple candles. Uh, maybe four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe those, like, little floating ones that you can put on the water. There you go. Drop some know. rose petals in there. <laughs> really treat myself right. No Your wife will come in. She's like, what is this? And you're like, no, this is for me. This, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is me time. Do you, you see this? You can get like an underwater light. And you suction to the side of the tub and then you can change the colors. <laughs> wow. I had one. That seems like a bit much for like me personally. I think like, it's great because then you have to... the threshold the... of the candles, I was like, oof, my hair might burn. And then you just listen to the nice, soothing voice of Harrison Ford. <laughs> that gruff, soothing voice. If, if, if I could have Harrison Ford read a book to me, that could be an interesting experience. Like I could fall asleep to that. Um, John Hamm, I have listened to a book narrated by him, and it was beautiful. Uh, but I will say that B.J. Novak would be my all-time favorite person to read a book. 
to listen to. So sounds like it'd be right. good. Yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, shrinking. Go check it out. Apple TV Plus. Um, sorry, that was really exciting. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so should we get into this? Should we get talking about uh, the reason we're here? The Last of Us. Yeah. <laughs> Paige, can you do that we one finally time? made it, guys. <laughs> now we can talk about all the spoilies except, except for season part two. two. Yeah, you can't go into part two yet. I look, look. I just want to show you guys. I made this thing here again. It's to keep me on target of where I've been. Hey, has some numbers. Has each episode labeled out what I liked. However, oh. Paige, you're the mm-hmm. gamer. You're the one who knows this, like almost religiously, I might say. How did the the rest of the series from episode five onward live up to your expectations of it and maybe to your love of it post-gameplay? I loved it. My only critique is that it kind of felt rushed, but that just might be because like in the game, there's so much filler time where you're just like exploring and going through obstacles together where you get more of a relationship development. And like they still did well, they still did it really well. But I could have done with like one more episode, just with like Joel and Ellie still just getting to that point. Okay, yeah, like just going off of that. What you know about the story, of Last of Us, you played through it as well. Mm-hmm. Did it need more filler as well? I didn't think so. I thought it was really good. Uh, the last episode ended, and me and Paige watched it together, and she mentioned that she felt like that last episode was like went fast too fast it did um i i didn't mind it i didn't notice it notice it until she kind of pointed it out and then yeah i kind of agree but i didn't feel i mean it's different than than playing the game when you have so much dead time walking between cutscenes, you know and just having filler conversations and stuff so that relationship between ellie and joel kind of grows more naturally and gradually mm-hmm. um so that you can it's just easier to do that in a video game you can't really do that in a tv show Uh, i don't know i disagree because i feel like there were some episodes that we got like the one with riley where they really did take their time just like conversation growing their relationship but i feel like if we just got like maybe 10 more minutes of just joel and ellie conversation within just a few couple you know like a couple episodes i think i would have like or even like a little bit more at the beginning of the last one yeah of them but at that point she's so like disconnected and stuff yeah it's hard to stick that in there is that part of the game where she disconnects like that yeah because she kind of was like this is my purpose right and like kind of like zones into that well she disconnects because of oh the traumatic experience yeah Yeah. we'll get there we'll get there sorry it just took me a second i I apologize i'm like i've tried to formulate actually i spent more time trying to formulate this episode in the way i wanted to ask questions than i have in years of asking questions so (laughs) you're a good host man i'm trying here but i'm gonna jump over to josh really quick and josh you're a non-gamer you're you're a person who's a gamer but hasn't played through this yet correct yes how was it for you? Was the storyline efficient? Was it too rushed? Was it too slow? What did you think of it? The storyline was really good. It gave me a lot of, just across the whole second half, because obviously we're talking about episodes five through nine now, there yes. were so many different moments where you fall in love with characters and your heart breaks. And I also agree that the last episode felt like a little rushed and a little weird. And it felt kind of strange. I understand why the characters did what they did. But at the same time, I was like, what just happened? Like, why did we do this whole thing? But the thing is, like I said, it's like you understand. Like, if you ask that question, it's like, okay, well, Joel has these reasons. And so it's like, all right, I understand it. But it felt very strange to go on said huge journey for a really quick, like, pull out of there, you know? 
So I felt, and I'm going to do a Lord of the Rings reference really here. You're getting a question. I promise. I'll ask. <laughs> I'm not saying. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you know. I wasn't trying to start drama here. But it felt like the quest to take the ring to Mount Doom almost. And instead of like having that little fight between the hobbits and Gollum at the end and the battle going on at the gate, we just had them like bing, right in and peace out. Like that's how it felt at the end of the episode for me at least. So, Alice, I'm sorry to have sparked the trauma there. I wasn't meaning to, I promise. What trauma? Um, no, 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 I was like, we're kidding to you as if you had like stepped on my foot or something. No, that was just me being obnoxious. But how was it for you the last the last episodes that we haven't talked about? Five through five through nine. Did, uh, did you feel rushed? Was it too slow, too fast? I, I loved everything up to it. I felt like the I felt like the um episode with David felt very video gamey. And so it felt a little especially when he was walking through and going to Ellie, like it felt a little campy to me, but I didn't mind it. But I do agree that the last episode to me felt rushed, but I don't know if I disliked it or liked it because the, the longer I thought about it, the more it broke my heart because it was almost like they finally got to a place where they were both very vulnerable with each other and he would allow himself to care about her. But then it, the issue that I had with it is that the same feeling that he gave in trying to connect with her to try and help her feel better mm-hmm. was the same feeling that I felt after when it almost felt like like desperation to to keep her. And so it, it kind of broke my heart long, the longer and longer I thought about it because I just wanted it to be normal for just a minute between them, but in a good way normal you know not like this i'm keeping you (laughs) sorry (laughs) i'm keeping you at a distance but like no we can just be normal but the first part and i i I don't want to speak ill of my pedro but (laughs) (laughs) speak ill of my pedro line line of the line of the pod right there it's just like I just felt like the same energy that we got when he's trying to connect with her to try and kind of pull her out of her trauma was the same kind of energy we got afterwards because he's trying to like connect with her to like keep her. And so I didn't, I wanted a moment where it wasn't, it didn't feel so uncomfortable between them. And so I understand why it happened in both ways, Mm -hmm. but I didn't feel like that oh, yay, you know, like, they're connected now, but maybe I'm supposed to feel that way. No, I think that's the same thing that you're kind of explaining, Mm -hmm. right? You didn't have that moment of just like, oh, look, they are friends before she goes through that traumatic moment and and they connect. There's little hints of it throughout those episodes of them, like, opening up a little bit more and a little bit more, but I don't think that Joel, I mean, this is a different interpretation of the character, so maybe I'm different, but, like, this version of Joel is very much more in, seems to be more in tune with his emotions and more willing to... He's much more vocal about it. Yeah, like, more willing to show or or talk about it. Like, that speech with Tom, or that talk with Tommy that he has, you'd never see video game Joel So out of character for him. Is it really? So out of character. Way different. (laughs) They had to get him the Emmy, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That nomination! That's the Emmy speech. Well, it turned out to be one of my favorite moments of the entire show. I loved that moment Mm -hmm. so much. Like, like these characters are different than the game, but not in a bad way. You know, it's just a little bit in a different way. And and I I think that, like, yeah, it doesn't feel satisfying because you don't get that, but it's like, it's Joel seeing that she's broken and, like, kind of taking the extra step. And, And I don't know, it's just that that whole episode kind of ends with both of them going through this traumatic experience and both of them coming away and 
and trying to deal with it in a different way. Joel, Joel going the extra mile to be more like Ellie and Ellie kind of closing up more like Joel was in the first place. So they kind of switch roles. Yeah. So it's just never quite comfortable, but you know, they both care, care about each other I a know. lot. Well, I, I feel like they give us that kind of like light of hope in their relationship and like, kind of like, I want to hear some of these jokes again. So like they have traveled mm-hmm. in between what we've seen, right. In some of these episodes, but they like we don't see those interactions, and so all we're feeling is the grinding parts and the parts that are probably like good television per se, right? The ones that they feel are, like are the good television because we've seen all the like not to be weird, but we've seen all the sitcoms where everyone just sits around the couch and dicks around and has good conversations for a long time. And uh, in in this, I think they needed to keep it as like this is stress, this is drama, this is in an alternate world that we don't really understand. But that could just be a bad take on my part. And I'm just I'm just overly curious about it. But Josh, sorry, I interjected. No, it's fine. I was just gonna say from what Alice said before, I actually kind of liked um, in episode eight where you could feel like it was very campy, but you could feel like it was a video game. Yes. Like this this entire show has been very like story driven, and I've like even struggled. I was like, this is crazy. And I know that they do a lot of cutscenes and stuff in the game, but it's still a video game, right? And I was just kind of like, it's crazy that this is coming from a video game because I'm like struggling to see like how the gameplay elements would happen. But there I could see it and I was excited because in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can see this. They're in this steakhouse. It's on fire. You got to go from cover to cover. Yeah, you got to yeah. get the nut. I was like, I see it. I can see how this level plays out in my head. And I was like, I love it. It's amazing. That's that's exactly how I felt in the earlier part of that episode where Joel had to sneak up on all of the... Mm. What do you call them? The, the bandits. The bandits, right? And but he had to do it like silently. I was like, I'd suck at this part so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, he did that so good and quiet, right? <laughs> but no, that part I really loved being able to see Joel in so many different like I, I liked being able to see the grit in Joel. And that is where I feel like Pedro Pascal excels is because I saw a different Joel when he was getting information from those guys and then just like ruthlessly just kills him. He's like, yeah, no, it's fine. He he told me, I believe him. And then he kills that guy. But then at at the end, it is like he completely disassociates, I feel like, at the end. And he is just, it was so good where he was just like, no, you'll come after us anyway. Bang. Like, boom. And that's like, that that was an impressive spot because that's a very video gamey section of the game too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you get to that part and you're gonna like storm the hospital and you kill everybody in the thing to save her. You know, go. It's the exact same thing you're talking about, cover to cover, popping up and shooting things. But they didn't like that part did not feel video gamey at all mm-hmm. in that last episode. It was very like cinematic, very slow, and just like that sad, beautiful music playing in the background, focusing on the consequences of consequences of the violence over the violence itself whereas in the video game it's like the violence is the fun part you know kind of a thing so i don't know i love that whole sequence just yeah. just how artsy it was done almost in a way it's it so beautiful good. if i had a beautiful single violence. um because i know we'll probably talk about each episode individually here in a second if i had a single critique for this second half beyond episode five and this can just be like the the noob in me i because we're going to talk about how much I love the characters and the stories that are given to us. I love those, right? So don't think that I don't. I felt the lack of infected after episode five. I think you see like two infected people the rest of the series. And I could be wrong. I could be misremembering. 
by Yusia, and I could like feel it because yes, there was like there's tense moments and there's things that provide action into the story, but I could definitely feel like episode five was just so epic for that because you got like the big clicker zombie bloater moment. Bloater, right? right? Bloater, yes. And then after that, (laughs) almost nothing, which was, that was my only thing that like I personally, and I don't know the game and all that stuff, but that I would have loved like something a little more. Yeah, where are the zombie missionaries? I mean, they were in Salt Lake City. (laughs) Guaranteed all the Mormons went to the temple and guaranteed that would have been either one, where they bombed, or two, where all the zombies were. So I agree with that. I was like, why couldn't society? We went hard about what it would have looked like in Salt Lake. Scaffolded (laughs) temple. Yeah, why was the temple like completely covered? Is there a I have two theories. I have two theories. I think there was some money exchanged and so it was just put under wraps. I don't know about Mm. that. I feel like maybe, and this could be me crazy because it seems like they have really, really good attention to detail. So maybe it was purposeful. For me, it feels like it was almost like... I don't, it, like it has to be purposeful because it's so in the shot from the game, yeah. right? Where they come out and there's a draft. It's like so it's boom, right it's there. right there, right? Mm-hmm. So in the in the show, they change the angle a little bit about where you're looking from. And fun fact: the balcony, wherever they were looking from, would be the place where Vince and I work, or where we used to used to. Yeah, they kind of they sold it, but we used to work Rest like literally right from like where <laughs> they were looking out from, and. The scaffolding looks exactly how it looks now, right? In 2023, where they're doing some renovations on that building. And so, like, a part of me that is, like, I don't know. It's HBO, so I'm like, it has to be purposeful for some reason. But part of me is like, maybe they just didn't know, and they just took it how it looks right now. But, <laughs> but that, that, yeah, no, like They've the got that reference they... from the game that's so clear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it had to have yeah. been purposeful. That was it's was really wondering. sad for me because, like, whether you're a member of that church or not, it's still a beautiful building and it's an sure. iconic yeah. centerpiece well, of you're Salt talking Lake City. About, and it's just kind of yeah. a bummer that it's they don't really have the full effect of that of that skyline of that not skyline. Well, yeah. well, the, the cityscape, you know, cityscape. like that's that's what it is. I wondered about that. I was kind of like I'll be honest with you, I was like kind of disappointed because it's so iconic, right? Um it's like you go to Seattle, what do you expect? The yeah. Space Needle there, right? Mm-hmm. You go to freaking San Francisco, that giant red bridge. I can't remember what it's called. You know this. You go to San Francisco for time time. Golden, Golden Gate, Gate Bridge. Bridge. That's the serious? one. Sorry. Are you serious? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I accept it. I was like, I don't it's remember okay. what it's called. See you guys. The Red, the red Skate Bridge, the Golden red Gate Bridge. Bridge. But like, there are these like quintessential parts of cities. And if you choose as a, as a production company to cut out the full effect of it, you're just kind of like shaming the city, I think. You're kind of like, uh, you're not good enough for us to put the detail into making this. And so, yeah, whether or not you're a part of blank, blank, or blank, I don't care. I want the temple in there next time. It's part of our town. Leave it there. That's how I feel about it. But uh, no, uh, that's all I had to say about uh, that. Well, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair to say because we, I think we even looked it up because obviously the temple has never gone, like undergone that kind of construction where it's been completely scaffolded off well, like unrecognizable now, right? well, and it's, back it's, in 2003 it was under construction but only in the interior well, the tops mm-hmm. are gone on it i zoomed in on the photo there's no top to it 
Because like, it doesn't have it spires. now. None of the spires exist now. Is that what they are? Really? So spires? it's either one, they the decided, let's just take this, let's take the landscape as it is now, and it's scaffolded right now, mm. or they purposefully chose to use the one that it is now in order to not have it be visible. Interesting. I mean, because you can see the visitor centers right there. And you can also see the giant church building, too. So, yeah, like, the office building, building. Yeah. Uh, and the tabernacle is there. So, I don't know. Interesting thoughts. I'm not going to dwell on it too long because I don't think it needs to become the center well, focus. Well, we of want yeah, to dwell on it. Thank you. It's kind of a bummer as a local, but it's also really not the purpose of that of that scene sure, at no. all. Yeah. I and I know, I know we're, like, just heavily into the, season, the, the finale, but... This is an, a part of the series that I really want to talk about. And since we're already here, I'm going to bring it up. Do it. That giraffe scene oh, is yes. such an Incredible. impactful scene when you're in the video game. Because you go through this giant traumatic moment, just like in the show, where Ellie just just breaks, right, and has to kill this guy. And then she's going through this post-traumatic stress, and she's acting all funny, and she's closed off. And then you have this, like, lighthearted moment with this giraffe showing up and just she comes back out of her shell and you can see like there's still a piece of ellie in there and you start seeing her come back out you know it's just it's, it's a beautiful moment my question is for you guys do you feel like this was as impact as impactful as it was for me playing the video game as it was done in the show because for me and i don't know if it was just because i had to wait a week to experience it and so it that really intense moment with ellie in the and david wasn't as fresh on my mind as it is when you're playing the video game because it's literally in the video game it's like 10 minutes after you do this crazy crazy thing and so it's really just kind of brings you back out of this like it's a very funk. light moment after a very dark stretch <laughs> yeah exactly so do you guys feel like it worked like that for you as well as it did or is it just me and it was just the extra week in between that it wasn't fresh on my mind the feeling and so it wasn't as impactful so for me it was super impactful and here's why i had no awareness of what was coming and so it was like cool but like i had the whole yeah, week to it. kind of like sit and ruminate on what just happened though like holy Sorry, I'm trying not to swear as much because I know they're all ages of people who watch this, but holy crap, um, you know, like, this is, like, a really good relief of things, right? And, like, oh, man, like a, like, like a breath. Like, you, we've all been through stressful moments where it's just, like, I need something really to chill out with. And in this world, finding wild giraffes, feral giraffes, whatever you want to call <laughs> free-range giraffes. Super Probably escape cool. from the Hogle Zoo up there. Yeah, Hogle Zoo. Hogle Zoo giraffes well, so, gone wild. They were like tweeting about it and stuff too. The, the Hogle Zoo. They were like, oh, in honor of The Last of Us, like come meet our giraffes. Oh, that's <laughs> that's you like, can feed them. You can feed them. It's like Jerry the Giraffe, the fifth or something like that. No, it's Canadian. We looked it up. We had a whole conversation Wait, about the it. The name of the giraffe is Canadian? No, because, I mean, they filmed. It's like well, it's, it's a four-letter like word. It's Calgary, like Togo right? or something. The one they yeah. actually used. Yeah, yeah, the one that they actually used because we were going back and forth in, on our Slack channel at work, um, specifically for the last <laughs> Anyways, but it's funny because I, like, messaged. They're like, ah, CGI giraffe. And I was like, no, it's a real giraffe. Okay. It's in Canada. And somebody was like, I know. It's so funny. I wonder if it was real. And I was like, no, yeah, they filmed. <laughs> Filmed the That's, giraffe yeah. in Canada, and then somebody was like, "Guys, look!" He's posted an article. This giraffe was from Canada, and it was real. <laughs> I was like, "All cat flock." I keep telling I feel, you. Is, am I here? <laughs> it's like, like you here? Do I exist? Do I exist? Excuse me. <laughs> that giraffe did look 
uncanny though, and I think it was just lighting fixtures you or something so? on it because yeah, it I couldn't look, tell. Yeah. I couldn't tell. I was also <laughs> weirded out by its bumps a little bit. Did you it's bumps? I don't know. It's like not, the head like, nubs. It looked no, not these guys, but oh. like it was like and like highs or something. I don't know. I'll look it up. Well, I'll find it. It probably wasn't vaccinated. <laughs> it Most gross. animals need to be vaccinated. That brings up a very good question about why do animals don't get infected. Uh, that's what. That's what. Actually, me I had a question it. about this. Yeah. Why are, are there dogs exist in this exactly. world still? Like, what what animals have survived, right? And plus, there's like, lots of dogs in part two of the game. There are. Yeah, you got to freaking avoid them. That's why it wasn't impactful. Are they feral, running around? Trying no, to get they're people. trained by the other people <gasps> to, eat to people? come and get you. Yeah, you oh, got to avoid them. I don't want any Django dogs. Because you gotta kill the dogs sometimes, <gasps> and That's then they'll find the heart. body and be like, "They got bear," yeah. and I'm like, "Oh, they gave it it's a name. It's awful." That's I'd another John thing. That Spoilers, you guys. <laughs> I would John Wick. That's, that's the another whole thing that they very much did with this with this game that they oh, okay. really incorporated in part two was just like humanizing. Like I said, humanizing the violence and humanizing everybody that died. Everybody mm -hmm. has a name. Everybody has a backstory. They implemented that in part two of the video game. So everybody you kill, if you listen to the NPCs running around, you'll hear them like shout out the dog's name or the human's name. So it's just like it focuses more on the violence and the consequences of violence. It's really cool. Going to have to say I'm never going to play this game. I oh, you've like got they, to. And maybe we can use that to, to transition into episode five. So we can go through the episodes. I feel like they do that really well in episode five, right? Episode five is, oh no, I sorry, technically that's episode four, but where you know Joel and Ellie crash through the city, blah blah blah, and they end up you know in a gunfight and Brian, yes, exactly. <laughs> Still remember his name exactly. And oh, good job. That's like a moment where you can feel that, right? Because it's this guy, and you don't, you know, you know that they don't have like a choice really, right? But when he hands over the gun and you hear him calling out for his mom right at the end is where you're like, you know, they have to do this, but that's where you can feel that humanization of every single person that still exists in this world. Right. Evil or not like it's just terrible. Well, and I feel rough. like, I feel like going off of that really quick, if we're, if we're dropping back to episode five, like, right. Like that's the one where essentially we actually do find um, out who Henry and Sam are. And Henry and Sam and kind of their run and kind of their course in because they've killed the brother. I forget what the brother's name. Maybe I misnamed them. Henry and Sam. Henry and Sam. But who's the one that they've killed? Oh, no. Kathleen's brother. Kathleen's oh, yeah. Brother. They outed oh, him. Yeah. But, like, they outed him. And so, like, she's trying to do this vengeance. So there, wh when we're, we're talking about this humanization of it, she's trying to humanize the vengeance of her brother and using all of her freedom troops, whatever they are, to like pursue this and to be like, he, he was important. He has a name type thing. And I thought that was really interesting. And also the way that they help us look into Henry and Sam, especially Sam, the little boy and kind of his struggles with it. And they make you love him. And then they tear us away from him. Playing the video game. The only part that made me tear up was Sarah's death. This show has made me tear up multiple freaking times. <laughs> and that part was Sam and Henry with, Sam slowly turning and me knowing what's coming up. This is one of the episodes I actually watched by myself, so maybe I was even more into it, but I knew what was coming, and still, it just, the way that they presented it, the way that they did it, just broke my heart. So, it's just so sad. Using that, so obviously, difference from the game, right, is they made Sam deaf in this, yeah, yeah. right? Wait, he wasn't deaf? Not, not in the video game. game. No, what? not in the game. 
Um, and so that's like a really interesting thing. And so I, I have my own ideas about like why possibly they might've done that, but I want to hear from you guys who have played the game, what you thought about that change. And if you thought it added to the character and if so, what? I thought it was great. I thought they did it well. At first when they pitched it, I'm like, oh, I've already seen like Quiet Place. They're going to do these like gimmicky kind of things with it, but they didn't at all. And I just think it was so good. Like just, they didn't make it a super big weakness for him. I don't know. I just thought it was well done. They got really creative in the way he communicates Mm -hmm. with like the little scratchy board thing that we used to play with his kids. It was oh, cool. that was such a really cool, like, feature, I thought. Like, they had, like, so it's really fascinating to think about, like, especially as someone, like, I've spent my whole life trying to, like, just do things in the way that you guys do them, right? And, to, like, to do things in a way one-handed that doesn't inhibit my ability to live a quality life. And I have to say it in a very specific way or else people are like, ah! But... I thought it was really cool how they're like, cool, he does sign language with his brother and people who know sign. However, in this world, not everyone probably takes the time to learn sign because it's not that important to them, their survival in this way. And so the scratchy board is like a very like, like it's a very inclusive element. And I really liked that because I was like, holy crap, like those things do last forever. I (laughs) found some at my grandma's house when she died from the 90s. That's still like... <laughs> like that, that sound you, you can feel Still it you know there. what i'm talking about right and you can remember the way it peels but like what a fascinating thought that like they found a way that he could continuously like use something like it's like an ipad version of that like they didn't have ipads going back, back to analog right yeah it's like it's like back to analog enough but it's still like he doesn't have to carry around a notebook or paper everywhere to like hurry and scribble things and toss it away he literally has a go go it's like fast reload type thing so it's really cool um very cool piece of inclusivity i thought and i love that they used it not just for the inclusivity of him being able to communicate with his brother and other characters but they also used it as an essential piece to the story there at the end right the part that really ended up kind of breaking my heart was yes the final scene where he does turn and henry has to uh take his uh take his brother's life and then his own life which is the part that really just you know shocks you and makes you cry but even just the scene right before that, right, where you found out he's been bitten, and there, and him and Ellie are talking back and forth, and he writes, um, "If you become a monster, is it still you inside?" And not only is that like a haunting thing that they used it for, that line itself is just like rather haunting because you think about all these monsters, and you think about what they talked about when they introduced the cordyceps of, oh, it's this thing and it'll take over, but it doesn't kill you. And so it's really weird to think about. This kid knows he's been bitten. He's know he's, he's going to turn and he's thinking, okay, am I just going to die or am I going to go through this crazy process where I'm under control of these things? And it's just a horrible like thing to think about. And it's just, that's why it like hurts so bad. Like when he types that or when he writes that out and then you see it, it just, it hurts. And then when, Ellie tries to to save him in that way, right? Which is like, you know it's not going to work, but you just like watch her doing it because she wants to so bad, and it's just so heartbreaking. Never have I hoped for something to work so bad <laughs> that was so far out that I knew. I was like, this isn't going to work, but I'm like, please work. Well, I'm, for someone who doesn't know the game, I feel like a reoccurring theme was I'd have like false hope for certain characters, right? Yes. Like hope, like thinking that one person would be saved that w- that ended up not being able to be saved, right? So after this happened, right, 
And you saw that he was bit. I was like, I know she's going to do this. And I was like, I know it's not going to work. And so then it showed and he was, you know, infected and they fall into the other room and whatnot. And then the whole thing with, you know, uh, when Henry, he has the gun and he's not letting Joel get to them because he's just in this panic, not knowing what to do. And he, he ends up shooting him and it's just terrible. It's just terrible. And then the other realization sets in and I'm just like, oh gosh, like, no, like this just happened. I'm like, you can't stop. And I was like pleading with Joel, like, come on, Henry, like, give me the gun. Don't do That's this. So like, come bad. on, bro. So just like hoping. I'm like, oh my gosh, we just lost Sam. We can't. And there it is. And there's another moment I have like that, but I'll talk about it when we get to that episode. So did Kathleen ever grow on you? No. <laughs> Not <laughs> even a great. little. I owe you something. Little. Did we make a bet? What was it? I don't I, remember. I don't recall. I don't, I, I mean, am I right? Like. I thought she was great. You did. Okay. I thought I was forced again. It's, it, it honestly just came down to the acting. Cause to me, I feel like the only reason why somebody is going to push it above average is if they can take the script and go further with it than anyone else could with the character. And I felt like her performance and her. Um, Kathleen was very by the books. This is exactly what I expect of this character without showing me any other layers or levels or depth to it. How interesting were her like right, left hand people, right? The people who were surrounded by her. Like she mm-hmm. just told that one guy, she's like, do it. Yeah, do Take it. Take care of it. And he just was like, he would like look like he had to protest, but then he's just like, huh, okay. Yeah, for sure. And so he died for her too. He did. And that's what's very interesting. It's just like, it's, it's, it's fascinating, but it was just wasn't how I expected it and then we get to the end of this episode and I don't know if anyone else has anything else in between here but I no but I was that. just gonna ask real quick uh how did you feel about David then because it's kind of the same thing where it kind of introduces a character a villain or whatever quote-unquote villain and then is gone in, at the end of the episode mm-hmm. do you feel like uh David no, I thought was, he was great I thought he did I thought he okay. did a great job because, yeah because I felt like there was stuff underneath it because like okay. you know that moment he says like I know everybody probably says this but I really am a good guy I was like, oh, it, yeah. <laughs> so I think this. I don't know what to believe right now. I think this begs the question in a really interesting way because, um, David, leader of religious cult, I would say probably maybe I don't know. I don't want to define anything that I don't understand fully. Um, however, this group, the first thing we're introduced to them in the David thing is they're like eating a meal and having a prayer. I think that's kind of what's going down. <laughs> but like with Kathleen the experience is different. And so it's more like the action is happening and where these guys are sitting around something that's super relatable to us, like sitting around and doing something that's like, ah, people hang out in groups in this way. You, I, uh, maybe you have, but I've never been a part of the uprising. And so for me, it was like, that wasn't relatable, but I was very invested in the character. It's somebody who has been a part of several uprisings. Okay. I think that I'll <laughs> just like, wow. No, I will say the one redeeming line that I can remember very clearly in my head because uh-huh. I was like, oh, there, there it is. Like, give me more of that. I just love that I'm arguing so much for Kathleen. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <guys>. <laughs> Henry just being like, okay, well, you just got to let the kids go. And she goes, no, sorry. Like, I was like, oh, there's a little bit of it. Okay, I can see. I don't know. But again, that was that part. As the character, you are going to be very performative. And so that's probably why it worked. Everything else just felt too performative for me. There's a lot of things. In the words of Casey, I don't want to dwell on it. So My super quick <laughs> Kathleen defense for why I liked the character and I thought it worked super quick was especially when you get to the end and she's talking with Henry and they're going back and forth. I feel like 
we talked about this before, how she kind of subverts expectations, not seeming like this leader or something. She seems, this actress, in my opinion, she seems very motherly, very matronly. And so then when you have them talking, and we talk about the humanization of all of it, when you have them talking about it, and he was telling her, like, he's just a kid, and she's the one who delivered the, the line of, well, kids die, Henry. They die every day. Maybe he was supposed to die. When she talks about that, that's, for me, what really worked about it as well, because you have someone like that who you think that she maybe would be the one to want to protect the kids mm -hmm. so heavily, but not to actually have that is something that I really ended up liking I, about Kathleen's character. I think that's the layer I was missing. I didn't believe that she liked kids. I didn't believe it. I well, didn't. I didn't the see the matronly side of her. So I think you need like you need the juxtaposition, the juxtaposition between that she is this ruthless, but I also need to also believe that she is very matronly and motherly too. And I didn't see that part. I saw that it wanted to be in the character, but I didn't see that it wanted it, that it was in the performance. All right, let's talk about the end of this episode and let's jump on forward. What did you guys think about this? Like earlier in the episode, we saw the ground burble, and you then got all <laughs> your zombies out. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's like if a, you want a zombie, this was there. the episode. This and is like we moved the episode on to no where zombies. you're fighting your demons per se. <laughs> Sorry, you're not infected, not zombies. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was so cool, right? Like this reminded me of like a like a White Walker scene in Game of Thrones, right? Just like the very like intense build up or whatnot with the something big's about to happen and then all of a sudden that truck sinks into the ground and you just hear the rumblings and you hear the, the you hear the clickers and whatnot and you just know it's coming and then and it's very like Hollywood but I didn't care where it's just like you hear yeah. it and then the silence and then you know like, <laughs> so fun like they storm out and all of that stuff happens, you know, with the with the characters. And this was actually another scene where you could feel very video gaming. You're like, ah, you're Joel. You must protect like, yeah, from exactly. above with the sniper. But it was very, as far as like Infected, I love this because you really did get your kind of fill with Infected and you were also introduced to the bloaters. So really quickly for me, very similar feeling. I felt like this was, if, if we're going to Game of Thrones, White Walker scenes type thing, this was what we deserved. It's like a good moment of this harsh reality. A boom, here they are. And it wasn't too dark. And it wasn't too dark. I could see. And it was amazing. Right. <laughs> However. I thought you meant like emotionally oh, dark. No. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm thinking Game of Thrones. Yes, you could. Burn, you could Game see it all. Yeah. You could see what was HBO, happening. HBO, really? Yeah. HBO, <laughs> not our fault. However, it was just very cool. And like the fact that so much of it also, I, I found out later, was practical effects. Like these are actual people dressed so up cool. in the large. What's his name again? What's the bloater? Bloater just like pops up. That's a real dude. It was. Uh, did you watch the new making of that they just released? I after saw the, the man in the did, suit. Yeah, they they did a guy in a suit and it didn't work the way he they. He wasn't fast enough. He wasn't yeah. able to move. Oh. Wait, so it ended up being CGI? So they ended up CGI. Again. I was gonna oh. say that it looked CGI to me. What? So that guy ended up being CGI, and kind of the same thing happened with the little girl that like contorts herself through the car. Um, the tricky. movements, I think, or I think the car part is her, but the like car the car part, part seems like some of the other parts. But I they, feel like they probably at the end, they did when see... she like destroying Kathleen too. Yeah, yeah. that part was very... definitely CGI. And they did change the prosthetics on her face because it, it they did it very much like the other ones where it covers a lot, and they wanted to show more of the childish face mm. there. So She's they, so they sad. moved the, the pigtail. yeah they moved it over and like showed a pigtail hanging. That out was and a sketchy. Little, that was so sketchy though. But yeah, for the most part. I mean, other than a big lot of those CGI 
infected, but <clears throat> for the I most part, like that entire set was built. That entire scene was done practically and then touched up with CGI, which is cool. what I always yeah, love. That's that always what I want. Was incredible. I feel like I need to put my microphone down and leave because I was so excited to be like, it was practical effects and you just sorry. Right. <laughs> it's okay. It I'm, is all for the I'm most I'm here part. for the reality of it, but I was like, dang! Even <laughs> even that's the, the suit that they made, like if you watch the making of, like that suit yeah. was very, very believable. It was really cool. I would agree. They just couldn't quite do what they wanted. I that's feel fair. like the biggest downer with this episode because it just, I again, it just didn't do it for me again. Like everybody else is like, oh, this is what we need it. I was just like, oh, I mean, one of my I questions, know. one of my main questions was, did you guys miss the amount? Like, did you miss the infected? Which I already got the answer to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you. Uh, I could, I know that they weren't there, but I didn't feel like I was really missing a lot. There was a couple of things that I thought could have used it. Like, like I, I I'm going to be in the game guy, you know? But in the game, the way that Ellie and David really <sighs> missed opportunity. Yeah, you want to tell them about that? Talk well, about it's that. just like when you first meet David, you know, you're kind of iffy about him. And then you go through some obstacles oh. as Ellie with David and you have to fight like a swarm of infected. And it's so hard. It's like one of the hardest parts in the game. And like while you're doing it, like David's saving you and you're saving him. And it's just kind of like, thank goodness he's here. And you kind of like, you know, you're trusting him. You're giving his gun back. And yeah, that does seem like it would really get, add like kind of that, that level yeah, of trust. Like that we Ellie never lets really got her guard here. down and then you get that talk by the campfire. He's like, everything happens for a reason. And then you're like, why did I let my guard down? You know, like, <laughs> uh oh, he's giving me vibes. Total so that's, missed opportunity. That's really the only spot where I felt like oh, I kind of missed the infected mm -hmm. right here. But for the rest of the show, like it really does kind of go wide and broad and explain like what this whole outbreak was and uh, and the world itself. And then it really narrows down to Joel and Ellie through each episode. It gets a little bit narrower and narrower into their th story. And I don't think I would like in saying that I missed it. I did miss it. I don't think I would replace any of like the storytelling that they do with. Like, no, I just want a big infected scene here. Give me all the zombies. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I just was like, oh, I felt like the lack of, like, a big zombie scene or, the f or, or like, the feeling of danger that sure. infected caused, yeah. right? That there was some kind of imminent danger or that they were at risk because of that. So when I think about this, I wanted, like, and we're going back up to, like, episode nine, right, the, the finale here, but I don't want to skip anything else too far. But, like, Episode nine, when they're in the parking garage, like climbing up to the draft scene, I felt like, why couldn't there be a couple of infected here? Why couldn't oh, not we? there especially though. like that? That's your moment of relief. You can't have it there. But like, that's the thing though is we we need those reprieves. But like, we just that that moment of concern and yeah, that, like sense alarm of danger. Like in my mind, and like, forgive me, world. I haven't played this video game. <laughs> what? I get that they like they talk about it, like the the zombies exist more in the population center and like are uh, and throughout like the plains area right and the maybe the mountain west they're not so thick and abundant anymore because the food source tied up for them, but like Salt Lake City, Denver, Colorado Springs, wherever they went, like those places are population hugs hubs for those areas, and I would assume they would have had smaller populations. I don't think that Salt Lake City had a like a, a complete wipeout. Like I don't know that because they didn't play the games, but like. There's got to be small surviving population somewhere in these where zombies are still feeding and picking off people. I don't know. The cordyceps, sorry. Forgive me. They're not zombies. But, like, I'm just kind of like, what is it? Where, where's it going with that? So I miss that element, but yeah, that's just me. But I like the giraffe scene. I liked all these, like, kind of, like, breathable scenes. Like, when we get to Jackson 
in number six, right? Like, I like that where they like someone set up a community. They have really harsh rules. Oh, it's a commune. Actually, we're communists. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that kind of thing so is good. like fun. And it's, it's really interesting. But like, I did miss just like a straggler or two of these, these things going across. Like I could have used like a zombie land horde or something going across the plains or something. Like <laughs> I, I could have used something like that, but you know, this is what it is. But I think it's just like what Josh was saying, just like some sense of danger. Like I felt like they were just walking around and running around everywhere with like no fear that there were any anywhere. Like how would they have known? Well, the really interesting part, and I'm sorry to keep, Jumping in here so much. I'm talking so much on this episode. But, like, in episode six, right, they go and they, they're about to cross the big river, right, into the, the part where it's like, oh, and you meet the old couple on the cab, and they're like, oh, yeah, beyond the, <laughs> the river. best characters of the that. whole show. You yeah, so, so Literally, I want to highlight those guys. But, like, straight up, they're like, oh, don't go beyond the river. There's some messed up stuff over there. And I'm expecting, like, here they are. Mm-hmm. And there are people on the other side hunting them. Or, like, there's, like, a faction of people. There were a faction of people, and they are freaking cowboys. Like, this is, like... You remember that show Cowboys and Aliens with Daniel Craig a few years ago? I was expecting cowboys and, like, zombies out there type thing. That's what I was expecting. And it, it was still good, but, like, oof. I don't know. Sorry. I'll stop now. I, yeah, like, I don't – unless we bring it up again. Like, again, I didn't want to dwell on that too hard because I didn't want it to feel like – I was like, this show needed more <laughs> infected yeah. because it did incredible with the story that it's telling. And I loved where the story went. That was just, like, my, oh, I think this could have been good for it for – Maybe that's more for the casual viewer who hasn't played the game, right? Is, oh, a little more infected to keep the action up a little. But can I ask a question? Sorry to jump back to this, but I've been wondering this, and I wondered if you guys could help. Is if the whole point of the cordyceps, am I saying that right? Cordyceps. Cordyceps. Okay, thank you. Is to, like, spread why was the bloater just interested in killing? Did you notice that? How the bloater just wanted to rip people's heads off? Like they, it wasn't, it wasn't trying to infect at what, all. What's its job in the game? I don't know. Like does to it rip your head off? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like the fatality that it does is very close to the fatality that it does in the game if it grabs you. Uh huh. It's very fun to watch. <laughs> My, I, th- I think it's the biggest thing is the difference from the game to the show is the absence of spores, right? Because that's kind of where... Don't they wear a mask in the game too? They do a lot. They wear masks in the games a lot when you go inside and stuff from what I've read. The bloater, and you can kind of see this kind of... They still kind of made it it like this in the show, but without still using it because they kind of didn't use spores at all in the show. The bloater, he like has like spores on him, and he'll like throw them mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like oh, at people. okay. So oh, in the so game, that's he how he's like spreading it. Yeah. Okay. And thank so you. in the show, when they're not using that, it's just like I'm gonna rip your head off. Yeah, let's take this guy who was I know, which he was in the video game as well. That was the guy who played Tommy in oh, cool. the video game originally, and you know, rip his head off. <laughs> to <laughs> me, it him. feels right. like okay. the longer they're infected, the more just like gone and violent they are, mm. is what I think. Because like, when we walk into the, uh, I can't remember where it was, was it in the museum? Yeah. When they see like the, they walk in, that's when you have the first clicker encounter. Mm. Like they see the dead body and he's not, changing like the clicker tore him apart he's dead yeah like i just don't think they stop okay so like <laughs> it's not always to just infect it's also just to you know tear I, I think okay just, thank you they're just too I far just gone that. i don't know 
That's yep. my opinion. <laughs> yep. Episode yep. six. <laughs> Welcome back. Episode six. Kin. And that was a fascinating episode. Uh, probably one of my favorite episodes, honestly. That's the Jackson episode? That's the Jackson yes. one. Um, you meet Tommy, and that reunion is so nice. It was so good. Um, that is the excitement that Joel gets to see Tommy after traveling this whole way and expecting the worst to find him just thriving and just like mm-hmm. the relief and everything. It's just another one of those Joel moments that you wouldn't get in the video game mm-hmm. of him showing just so much more emotion being willing to connect so much more i mean he says in the he says at some point you know the only thing you live for is family right and like tommy's really his only family at this point so it's just that emotion is so good and then like i said i i don't need to harp on it but that scene between him and tommy talking about this stress that he's going through you know you think i, I thought he was having a heart attack or something at first because he keeps showing his age and they keep talking about how he's like not capable of doing this anymore so i think he's having like a heart attack or something turns out it's a panic attack and he doesn't really understand why and it's because he's slowly like connecting with ellie and opening it up to her and it's scaring him so much because he does not want to fail character development in this episode is absolutely unreal because you have that monologue going on him talking to tommy because it's his brother right and and as much as he's connecting to ellie tommy is probably still the person in the world that knows the most about joel right that still exists and so he's telling him all of these things and it's really opening up so you learn more about joel and all those things that vince just talked about and while that's happening they cut to ellie right you have this thing which you think would just be the most magical moment oh my gosh they have movies here right we're gonna go watch a movie and ellie just does not care and it's not only that she doesn't care they cut to her while joel is giving this monologue just like helplessly like wandering down the middle of the street in Jackson while everyone's watching the movie because she has also become attached to Joel and she's just so scared of where is he at? How is he doing right now? Like what's going on when they've only been with each other for the past three plus months, right? Traversing the United States. And then all of a sudden they're here and he's with his brother and she feels like she's getting left out and left behind. And so she goes looking for them. And in a part that you don't see, but you find out that she hears later is that she sees them talking about that. Right. And so the amount of like change that goes through them in this episode, and then they both still like end up together at the end. It's like, yeah, it's like they're (laughs) still traveling together. It's like, all right, this is good. I like it because that scene between them two also just like tears your heart apart where, He's where they're talking and he's like, I think you'll be safer with this. And you know that he's just doing it because of he realizes what he's scared of. But then she's like, she just sees it as the only other person that she cares about, right? Ditching her again. And it's just so hard for her to understand why he'd want to do that because she feels and he feels that connection that they've made together. And so it's so tough for them. And then, like you do, like when you get into those types of arguments, you feel like you have like the card to play and it's just the wrong card where she's like, I'm not her, you know? And you're just like, don't, don't say that now, no! <laughs> like, oh, just such a, well, cause this is also the episode where um, Ellie learns about Sarah, right? From Tommy's wife. So just so much good stuff that goes into this and I won't go on it too long, but there's incredible things. It's so sad Terrible how intimidated she is by Tommy when they get there. And then it's like her worst fear comes true. He's going to ditch her. Yep. I'm not family. Ugh. I know. And she gets all pissy. I loved that too. Because she was so Super friendly pissy. and open to Henry and Sam. And then all of a sudden you get into this town with kids. And it's like, 
What are you looking at? <laughs> so good. <laughs> She's so loyal to Joel. It's so cute. In a, can you guys help me? In a non-spoiler way, that character that she like tells off in the town is like important, right? Later on or no? I think so. Okay. She could be. The Neil Druckmann in all of his interviews has kind of played coy about it, you know? Like I listened oh. to a couple of things. He comes on a bunch of gamer he came on a bunch of gamer podcasts that I listened to and did the interviews and and he kind of like is alludes to it but still hasn't said like, Yeah, that's the character. He's like, and then this girl, she sees this girl that may or may not be someone in the future. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> so like he hasn't like oh, confirmed that it's her, but he's kinda like yeah, just I think it is, okay. but uh, I, sorry, I, I just know. wanted to hear the like big no, fat maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, and then they run to the university, right? That's the end of this episode. Monkeys. Yep. Once they get down they there, see the monkeys. They see the monkeys. Not zombie monkeys, by the way. They go inside, <laughs> realize the fireflies have left, and they come out, and then a mysterious group of raiders who we will never know anything about again, ever. <laughs> I actually really like that. I wasn't Stab expecting Joel that Joel with part. a baseball bat. Yeah. And then Joel falls off his horse and is bleeding out. <laughs> the end. Now, this is a, a transition that I'm kind of go back and forth on whether I like it or not. Because what they did is they just went straight into the Left Behind story, which is a DLC for the video game. The It, it, comes out, it came out after the game originally came out. In the game, after he gets stabbed, it does a hard cut to black, opens back up, it's a rabbit running through the snow, and then an arrow hits it. I think I brought this up. I can't remember. I don't remember. The result of some of the most famous Twitch clips of all time. Is it? Yeah, sorry. They're just like like really famous clips of oh, like that? how different streamers oh, will oh. like react to that. Like it's terrifying. It's like yeah. a rabbit and then like out of nowhere an arrow it just, comes and yeah, just hits it. Oh, it's cool. rabbit, right? And you'll just see some streamers. They're just like, oh ha uh-huh. ha. And then there's like one like one of the most famous ones is this uh, this female streamer. She's like playing and the rabbit hops out. She's like, it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and then it dies. She's like, oh no. just freaks out. I need out. to watch that. That's funny. That's it's hilarious. I it was alludes, hoping that, that it was like, alludes to the rabbit really too cute. in the in the episode the david episode oh, right. it, like you see a rabbit hopping around and i like, thought it was gonna shoot that right? I, does she yeah she does she's hunt trying her, to right? hunt that and then she sees the deer yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah that's yeah. right that's yeah because right. she's so wait what is so, what is the transition to? so in the game originally it does a hard cut to black shows the rabbit the rabbit gets shot and then you find out you're playing ellie and so you oh, don't know right. okay. like it, it transitions so hard and all of a sudden you're playing this character that you've never played before so you're like well wait a did minute he did he actually die like and it just leaves you there wondering up until the moment that uh, it switches back when Joel gets up to come find Ellie. So you go through all the David stuff. You're in the no. in the place. No, because you, you're asking for medicine. Oh, does it? It's yeah, because you, you want to trade David for medicine. So you go, you go and do the David stuff, and then she – oh, that's right. And then they mm-hmm. come back, and yeah. that's where it was. Okay. Yeah, so it's after she gets the medicine from David that you go back. But yeah, it's, and it's, that's when you find my out. Point oh, okay. is, so my point is you have like a minute – where you're really sitting there thinking like Joel might have died. Like, where's the story going from here? And I, I really like the way that they did the show. And they, like I said, they, this exact same spot where they put the DLC in once they, cause it does like a hard cut back. So it makes sense to put it there. And it gives a lot of backstory in Ellie with the left, left behind episode. But at the same time, I kind of missed that moment of just like wondering what happened. And I kind of wish we had like an episode of just like not knowing and it being kind of a mystery for a little while. So I don't know. I go back and forth on which way I like better. 
I just felt like the end of episode six was like, I thought it was going to end four different times. Like I thought it was going to end when they were like, all right, we're going to leave together from here and they leave. And then it shows them like shooting together. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then it has, you know, like it does like at least one absolutely amazing, gorgeous shot each episode where they're riding the horse off into the sunset, literally. (laughs) Right. And it's amazing and it's gorgeous. And I was like, okay, it's going to end here then. And then they get to the university. I'm like, Oh, okay. And they're doing stuff there. And then he gets stabbed. I was like, Oh, okay. Well then it'll end here on like a weird cliffhanger. They escape and then they're still walking <laughs> down the road and then he falls off and then then it ends. And so I was, and it's not that it was like that. I just had a few times where I was like, just oh, there's the end of the episode and yeah, it yeah. wasn't any time. So. I, think, I think something really quickly that I want to bring up with all these episode ending moments too is we're, we're faced with the opportunity to give Ellie the choice multiple times in this show, in my opinion. And I could be wrong. I apologize. Like I said, this is an opinion. Opinions are like armpits. Everyone has at least one. Most of them stink. It's not a true statement. Some people don't have armpits. <laughs> however, one. <laughs> however, all of us here have at least one. Okay? Yeah, in this group, at least one. Um, but however, like so, when we're when we're leaving, right when Ellie and the brother um, are getting ready to go on the horse in the morning, Joel's in the barn, right and. I think he kind of says, I've been debating whether or not to leave for like the past half hour or something like that. And then talks about like, if you want me to take you, I'll take you type thing. And, and so Ellie gets to say, of course I'm going with you. Right. And then, so this is jumping to the finale. And I feel like that's where, what set off Joel was the fact that she didn't get the choice of what she's doing because the, the fireflies say we just took her in. We didn't tell her what we were really having to do. Good point. And and so that's what happens. And and I don't want to jump over to the finale again, but like what an interesting thing that like I thought it could have ended with them him making the decision saying, Hey, you have the choice to come with me or not. And they hop on the horse. I thought that could have been the ending of this episode as well. So it's interesting all the different opportunities to end that episode. But however, I just want to harp on the fact that Ellie's given the choice one time, he wandered out of the choice the second time. We don't get that from her. And then he takes away the he takes away the information and the choice by what he does in the final episode, which we'll talk about more. Um, but yeah, left behind. Let's talk about the episode really quickly. Um, what? This it might. It's like definitely top two for me. Why? I just loved it. I loved it. I I don't know what. It was so cute, and I <laughs> loved the dynamic between them. And you know what's gonna happen the entire time, and you're just like, this is so adorable. And it was. Was it like the chemistry between them was just perfect? It was like teenagers to a T. It's not this like typical teenage like romance that you see. It's like real where they're just like, let's dance around with masks on <laughs> and then I'm going to kiss you and then I'm going to apologize for what? And then they just giggle and it's, it was the best. It was the best. And I loved what they said. I'm glad that they pointed it out to like everyone to like, be able to see how perfectly cast it was to show somebody that can like that has the upper hand on Ellie like we see this like spitfire girl the entire time and then it's like go in there and turn around no go okay fine <laughs> so good <laughs> well I, I agree I think it was fun and what's kind of crazy is this is the era like of of time like so right like the the world ends approximately in 2004 right in this series that's around the time I was 14 years old so these things are things I remember similarly doing, like going and playing arcades, playing skee-ball, playing like very very analog type games. 
these costume stores, like just kind of like all the randomness of it. And then like being in the mall again, like kind of like that experience, like it felt like going again as a teenager and like going to like the skateboard shop, going to zoomies, going to all these different (laughs) things and being like, yeah, so cool. And like realizing that like this for Ellie, like it's a rundown destroyed thing, but this is the greatest experience ever. Like this is the most, cause she's like, when we introduce when we introduced her in this episode, she's like kind of getting in trouble with Fedra and she's meeting with the Fedra principal, school manager, military leader guy, and he's like, You can do A or B. You can shovel Oh, once again, there you go. Or you can, you know, become a leader and become an officer and you can do this. So here's your choice. And then boom, in pops her friend, like, let's go on an adventure. Let's go off course. And it's very fascinating, very cool, and uh totally a fun episode. Uh, really quick to highlight the merry-go-round Ferris wheel, whatever thing that is merry-go-round that looked like so much fun. Like just mm-hmm. being a kid and just going and like with your friends digging around, like having fun. Like how fun is that? Like remember that for yourself. They put that magic into the episode. I would say that me watching this movie took me back to happier memories than me going to Disneyland. That's how I felt. And I will stand by that. Hate me internet. The malls are I better feel. than Disney. Is that what you're saying? What? The malls are better than Disney. Yeah, well, when I was this At least those age, memories. like that memory of it was uh-huh. more exciting to me than going to Disney. Like I guess, yeah, heck yeah, yeah. I stopped watching the trailers for the next episode each week because I felt like it was too spoilery, and so I didn't know that they were gonna do a flashback episode here. And my brother like let me know accidentally because I was I was talking about I was like, oh yeah, like Joel just got stabbed. He's like passing out. Ellie doesn't know what to do. Like, what's gonna happen? I'm so excited. And then he's like, oh, and we're not gonna find out. It's gonna be a backstory episode. And I was like, no, I was so <laughs> mad and all this stuff. Your brother is kind of the spoiler king. By he's the very way. Spoiler. <laughs> sorry. Um, but then after I watched the episode, I was not mad at all. I was like, I thought, I see, I understand why I did this. And this was the second moment that I want to talk about from the one I mentioned uh, previously where I had hope for a character that didn't actually end up panning out as someone who hadn't played the game. Right. Obviously you get to, and I'll probably mention some stuff about how they get there, but I agree with everything Alice said. It was so cute. It was adorable just to see this story go along. And I could understand. I was like, oh, I see why this is a DLC, but I was like, oh, this is so cute. And I love it. And it feels so important for Ellie's story. And we see it. And we even see, because obviously there's a million Easter eggs to the actual game and all this stuff, but it was cool to just see an Easter egg to something we had just seen previously with the Mortal Kombat stuff, right? (laughs) When she had been in episode three, right? Before we get to Bill and Frank's story where she was like, oh, there's this character that can finish you and spit out your bones and all this stuff. And you see where she got that from playing with with Riley, right? And it was so cute. And I love the whole thing and the photo booth. It just like made you think of stuff like that. And then when we got to the end and it kind of hinted, right? It showed, oh, there's like a clicker living here and stuff. And you knew it was going to happen. And they have the adorable moment that they have. And it's so cute. And then you know it's going to be bad. They fight it off and they kill it. And then you see that Ellie got bit. And I was like, okay, we knew this was coming. And my pure innocent heart was like (laughs) because originally she was going to go to atlanta right and she was going to go to atlanta and then when they were dancing she gorgeously bella ramsey does incredible job she was just like crying tearing up and she's like don't go she's like we just are finding this like i need you and she's like don't go and she says okay i had this weird false hope 
that it was just going to be Ellie that got bit. And because she was bit, and I was hoping that Riley didn't get bit, she was just going to go to Atlanta anyway, and there would still be hope for her. So that moment where she's like screaming no, and she looks over, and then she shows her hand, I literally paused it and like cried. Because I was like, I thought, I thought she could make it. (laughs) And she couldn't make it. And they have that, that conversation. And... I watched the, so not the trailer, but like the little where they talk about the making of after each episode. And it was really interesting where you obviously know that um, Riley, she kind of talks about it, how she's experienced, you know, really big loss before in her life and whatnot. And Ellie, right, she never knew her parents and stuff. And so she's experienced loss, but not in the same way. And so you kind of see that duality, right, where they find all this out. Ellie's going on a rampage, breaking all the stuff with a baseball bat and <laughs> Riley sitting there like, there's more stuff that way you can break. Like mm-hmm. just so calm because she's gone through that and she's still experiencing that trauma and that life. And because for both of them, cause Ellie doesn't know yet. Right. For both of them, it's well, our life's about to end. Not only just it's about to end, it's about to end as we thought that we were just about to embark on one of the best experiences of our life being together. So it's such a, it's such a crazy like dynamic to think about. Like ugh. this episode was also one of my favorites. Like I love the overall story of this show and I love Joel and Elle's story. I feel like is the most compelling of all of them. And that's why it takes the course of the whole show. But I love, and I don't know if I can like rank them, but I love these one-off episodes like Bill and Frank's episode. And this like are two of my favorite stories in the show. So two of my favorite episodes too, for sure. The little standalone episodes are, uh, I just want to add one thing. Um, there's something you just can't get from a video game that you can get from live action, and that's facial expressions and per- the performance of someone's reaction. That kiss scene when Ellie kisses Riley and she apologizes is not nearly as impactful as it is in the TV show than the game. Like in the game, she goes and kisses her, and it's a it's a 2013 video game face with no expression on it, you know, but the performance is amazing you can hear it in her voice. The apology when she says, sorry, but just Bella Ramsey's facial expressions that the, the, it's like, it's like, it's a lot. It's like excitement and panic and fear and everything all at once. And you can just see it all right there in her face. And you just can't get that in the, in the game, maybe in the new one. I haven't played the remake, but in that original 2013 version you don't get that full impact of the moment for her and it's just it it's so much better in this one it was perfect Paige mm-hmm. how was it did it like did this moment hit the spot for you like as far as it goes yeah it did it was great like yeah. there are some little differences but I was totally fine with it also fun fact the DLC was released on Valentine's Day oh sweet it's <laughs> so actually very sweet it's really sad too <laughs> Oh my god! So this is like a dark Valentine right there. Yep. I, I love that. Well, good, good. I'm glad everyone like kind of like like that because I actually really enjoyed this. I felt, I felt the impact and it was a good, healthy impact. I felt like there was the the mystery of childhood, the excitement of like figuring your life out there, and then the whole moment everything crashes down. Where in this case, it really did come down. Mm-hmm. And and Josh, going back to and the you thing you said, like your little innocent, naive kind of hope that she would survive. I felt the same way for the longest time, but then like right before the zombie gets in there and gets them, I remember back to where she's like, I've killed someone before. And I was like, oh, but I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) Um, But it's just, it's just, it's just how I speak. But it was so interesting where I was like, oh man, high hopes let down Um, really quick. 
let's hop over to the next episode. So we've been through a lot of it. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on that one? I just wanted to touch on a couple of things I thought were very fascinating about this episode. That's okay. Really quickly. Yeah. yeah. One food's running out in this little like commune town. Not, not like the, not the Jackson hole commune town, but the, the, the Colorado mountain commune town. Um, one food's running out. Feeding people venison. I want to highlight this. Yeah. Air quotes. Venison. And we find out later that those are like frozen dead. Very fast. Human dead. Very fascinating. It's not a zombie show unless you throw in cannibals at some point, right? Never. (laughs) Never. Um, The trading. It's resourceful. Yeah. (laughs) Is that terrible to say? Got to optimize your food source wherever. You I get agree. Right. Like There's if they're if it's the choice between starving, it's not like they're killing people to eat them. It's mm. so they can keep these people. Wait, do you think that they killed people to I eat think them? That they were about to kill Ellie to eat her. Yeah, I yeah, feel but, like if, but if they were enemy people, they would do it. They yeah. weren't killing uh, their own to do it because they're scavengers. Those those are that. the raiders who stabbed that dude. Yeah, but they're eating their own too. Joel. Like the guy that Joel Alec. killed is the guy who the the mom of the girl, and they're not burying her because this ground is too cold. But really, they're gonna eat him. Yeah, right. Um, but to me, that was, it's not like oh, he died of a heart attack. Soup's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, well, well, it's because they only were well, telling us. The point us, like, is like feel. you don't know what you're capable of when you're starving. Nobody, yeah, nobody none does. of us have been in that moment. Like you don't know what you're willing to do, but you can look at like. Like, we've got stories and stories of, of people trying to, back in the day, you know, cross across Dama states party. or like Donner Party. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there was Dama. like the. I, I said Donner Party. Sorry. <laughs> Wrong Donner. Different type of. <laughs> Different cannibal. Yeah. Very dark. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Donner Party. There is that story of the airplane crash with like the sports uh-huh. team on it where they had to resort to. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. Just, they, Those... they got to that point where they didn't have food and they're doing what they had to do Sorry. <laughs> speaking of cannibalism really quick in, in movies there is a terrible movie you guys should watch it sometime it's one of the oh. scariest movies of all time did we watch it with you no but you told me all about it the one that happens like the forest and like Brazil or yeah, somewhere yeah. down there. It's called the Green Inferno. Oh, yes. yeah, I know that one. It I is uh, it, terrifying. Don't watch it alone, but uh, watch it once and move on with your life. It's <laughs> terrifying. Um, but anyhow, like... Sure that, thing. <laughs> yeah, it's such a fascinating thing, though, is like they have this thing going on, just like people are there. And correct me if I'm wrong, the guy who voices... Troy Baker. Joel. Joel. Joel is it Joel? He's in this scene. He's one of the the folks as a who are a part of this religious he's commune. James. Right? He's like, yeah. yeah, he's the main. He's the one who gets the hatchet kick. to the neck, right? He did yeah. so good. I know he's incredible. Oh. Do you guys have anything else you want to say about the David Cannibal stuff? Sorry. No, just very cool, very like, very like powerful episode. Like very crazy. Like we talked about, like the scene with Ellie. <laughs> Um, kind of like all of that type of stuff, and and it almost like like not to be like too grisly and gross here, like it almost had a saw vibe to it for a minute there, like where you're like someone's trapped in a room, how do you get out? What's gonna happen? And it was very like ooh, I wasn't ready for it, but yeah, no. Um, for me, it was just um obviously this is a really intense scene, made even more intense by the fire going on all around in the restaurant, and then. The guy being even creepier than he had already been throughout the whole episode. Once he gets like that final moment right before she kills him, where like you already hate him, mm-hmm. and then he says that one line, which I'm not even gonna say. Yeah, it's, it's not in the game. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, okay, bro. Ew, yeah, I know. Oh. That's one thing. That's why I feel like he worked because I was not expecting that. This was the one episode where I was like, I don't think I know anything that's gonna happen in this episode, and I was not expecting that. Yeah, and so it's like. And it happens, and even, you know, after she gets it and she, you know, starts killing him, there's, like, that weird, like, 
like crossroads going on in my mind. I was like, oh gosh, like that Simpsons being right. Stop it, stop. He's, He's already, already dead. dead. But this part of you is like, is it even enough yet? Though? Right. Because this guy. Yeah. You're Sorry. right. No, I was just, you're right. We we can't skip past this episode without talking about the reunion between Joel and Ellie. Yeah. It was yeah. another that was moment that was just like, hold no. it together. Hold oh, it I together. Did it. I was watching by myself, so I let the tears flow. You guys can do it no matter who was there. Let yourselves feel what you feel. I, I cry in front of various folks. And Good. yeah, I sat there and I was, I was sitting there with, you know, my wife, my dogs, my child. And I was like, a little bit and of the dogs were like, happening. yeah, literally the dogs were like, <laughs> we're crying a little bit. No, it's, it's beautiful. Ball. Like it's an it's an incredibly powerful moment where Joel doesn't save her. He shows up and pulls her back from the edge, but she's the one who saves herself, and she's just kind of lost there for a little bit in panic mode and survival mode and. Just the fear that Joel has and the relief that he has when he pulls her over and they, she recognizes who he is. And again, Bell Ramsey is just incredible. And oh, just my gosh. Facial expressions and the way that she delivers the lines of just like relief and just like, oh, my gosh, the whole just that whole moment was just like, oh, just her body language Ugh. in that moment was what because, you know, he grabs her and she's still like she kind of was just coming down from that moment. So you could tell that it was like. Not as because mm -hmm. she obviously killed David, right? And she had that capability and she did it and she was strong enough. And you could tell that she was kind of like the adrenaline had kind of passed because when Joel was there, she was like fighting because she felt like she had to, but it was like so weak because you know what had just happened. And then when she finally like recognizes him, just like grabbing him and then just like falling. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. And that first, the first time. When he calls her baby girl. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> because he was like, it's all right. It's all right. And I was already like tearing up. And then he's like, it's all right, baby girl. And I was like, stop. Like, I need to go to sleep now. I need to I know, curl up with a pillow and cry. Much. Well, what's super wild is we've all been kind of waiting for that moment where Ellie becomes more of the daughter figure officially vocally breaks through yeah that 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 kind of bubble bursts right and so when that happens you're just like oh, it's here but it's in such a heavy moment you don't have a moment to really accept the realization that like he is doing it in this way and it's so sweet and this is how he's viewed her but because she just experienced like something so crazy and you're like oh i almost feel like oh. yeah, sorry. that's what sorry no you're fine no, I'm what, just what you're heavy. saying was perfect but like i almost feel like that's what makes it that much deeper yep Right, is you're waiting for that, and yes. they could have it in a moment where they just talk to each other, and there's like a cute, if not cheesy, moment in like a push. in episode yeah. nine where where he talks about why he didn't end up ending his life the day after Sarah died, right? And she was like, "Well, I'm glad that didn't work out for you, or whatever." And I, I can't remember the exact words, but but when he says, "Oh, it wasn't like time that healed it," implying that she was the one who healed that, it was still cute, and I loved it. But it could have been a moment like that, which would, or and he could have called her baby girl in like a moment like that, which would have been fine. Women like, yay, they're accepting each other. But this moment after she experienced the most traumatic moment in her entire life, literally, and having it happen right after that is such a, a fulfilling sequence of events because the moment that we've been waiting for has happened, but it means more than you thought it ever would. It justifies it. It grounds it. Like I, I almost feel like it probably, if it hadn't, I had a friend say that it happened too fast for him. And I felt the complete opposite that if it hadn't have happened, 
with the circumstances of him realizing he almost died and almost lost her and then her going through that as well if it hadn't have come together like so harmoniously i don't think it would have i don't think it would have mm-hmm. if they hadn't have just gone through so much i don't think it would have happened which brings Beautiful. us to the next episode, right? Which brings us Which to is, the next episode. It starts out so cool with the perfect casting. With <laughs> conveniently so the perfect casting ever. Oh. Yeah. This is the person Ashley who plays Johnson. Ellie, right? In the actual games. Yeah, exactly. And wow, does she look like Bella Ramsey. Yes. <laughs> like, it, the facial features just worked. I know. So well. So I didn't realize that this was Sarah's mom until about like when she gets Ellie's to the house. Mom. Yeah, so yeah, fair. sorry. And we were watching yeah. it together, and I literally was like, oh, my gosh, I just realized who that was. You know, yeah. like I vocally <laughs> said that out loud because it just like surprised me so much that we were going to get this moment that's never been portrayed in any medium that I'm aware of mm-hmm. before. And it was awesome. I love this. It kind of frustrated me because I'm trying to remember what I actually remember her from. But after watching Avengers. that, because I know that she does really well with voiceover work. I was oh, like, yeah. why is this girl not cast in so many other things? Because she was so good. And especially in the behind the scenes where she was like, yeah, I've never done a childbirth scene before. Yeah. And I was like, she was so good in every single way. It was so good. And and just really quickly, as a person who's watched a, a very extended birth period, my wife was in labor for like 30 hours. Aww, like the efficiency of getting that baby out was great. <laughs> don't, a good scare. don't love the method, like the <laughs> happening, right? But like efficient, like, way, way more efficient than what we did. So this is the question that we don't have time to get into, but we're going to ask, did Joel do the right thing? <laughs> I was talking about this with my brother. Um, and it's a really good question because you can definitely look at it from, from he didn't do the right thing, right? Like there's a possible chance, like even if she dies, like uh, to, you know, save the world and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. But then there's the other side of it, right? We're in this post-apocalyptic world. Science has not advanced past what it was in 2003. And he said that they talked about this. I didn't remember it. The guy that they have doing this was like a med student or something was what he said. I could be wrong. The Either doctor. way, even if he's a doctor, they talked about it before, how with the the cordyceps and with fungi and stuff like that, right? There's not really like a vaccine for it. When we talk about ethics and stuff like that you say oh yeah one person to save a ton of people one person for the what the possible slightest tiniest chance of saving a ton of people and the person he's made a bond with going in and killing a lot of people that can be questionable but we're kind of past that point of ethics at least from what it's shown in the world these days like you going and having people fight and having him kill a bunch of people We've already reached that point. He heals more people here than he does at any other point in the show, but it didn't present it in a dramatic slow motion way when he came into Kansas City and he killed these people, right? So it's a really good question, one that like I've been thinking about, and you can definitely go both ways with it. I think the biggest, like, as far as him going in there, killing her and taking them out and not allowing them to at least attempt to do this can be seen as sort of ethically questionable on his side. Not as much, I think. For me, I think it was like, okay, I feel like that was all right. Not like all right, but like I don't think it's that big of a deal. The real bigger dilemma, which they end the season on for me, is 
lying to Ellie about it, mm-hmm. right? So blatantly because she asks about it. And she's at that point because they've gotten to that point where they trust each other so much. And you can see Joel earlier in the episode, like really not like forcing, but like kind of forcing, like now that they've gotten to that point, kind of like the dad daughter thing, talking about Sarah and whatnot. Cause you see how important it is to him that he wants to talk about it. So you get to that. And then when you get to the very end and she like, you know that she knows something is up and he just lies so blatantly. That's where the ethics is more questionable. And I didn't mean to like jump ahead. No, to no, that, no. But I, I just it's like, all as far kind as of tied things, into itself, you know, like, so. Like, what would you do as, as Joel, you know, when you kind of know what her decision would be if she was awake? You know, it, I had a very hard time with this part in the game. It Dude. made you play the game differently. Like, you didn't kill anybody. No. You snuck through the whole thing because you did not agree with his decision, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. The first time I played through the game, I had no problem killing anybody until that moment where you have to go through the hospital and you're killing all the good guys. And I was like, I don't want to do this. How are these so guys I'm the good guys, I'm not going though? to do this. Like, they're actually kind of terrorists. I mean, from a perspective. From a perspective. But, but from another perspective, they're kind they're, of the heroes the of the guys. world. So so I thought of this in the John Wick way really quickly, and I have to talk about it in this way. John Wick killed hundreds of people. It started a whole domino effect because of the death of a puppy in his time of grieving, and I want to highlight that. Joel has been grieving for 20-something years and has put up this thing. And finally, his grieving has kind of ended in a way. And they took away, same type of thing, his puppy. I want to use it like that. They took away the thing that he was using to kind of re... I don't I don't know what you're going to call it. Like to reinvent himself, world. to re-enter the world, to feel, to experience. And they took it away without a choice. I don't think that morality or ethics is really like a question in this. It's more... He disconnects. He's not really like he's making it. He's made a decision, but did the decision was the the decision was to save Ellie, but was he aware of all the deaths in the process? Like that's the question. Like after he shot those first two people in the stairwell, does he know how many people he killed? That's my question, and I don't think so. Well, we know he doesn't have a problem with murdering people, innocent people. Like he has that conversation with Tommy where it's like, this isn't a problem for me. I've already made a promise to myself and this girl that I'm going to protect her and I'm not going to break that promise because it'll break me. Yeah. Like, ugh. See, I'm, I'm from the other perspective. I think he very much knows what he's doing. Like, yeah, he checks out for the actual action of it all, but he is very aware that he's going to kill everyone who gets in his way because the only thing that's worth living for in this world is for family, and Ellie is now family. And he's not going to fail again. it does not matter who gets in my way. I'm not going to fail this girl. Whether she likes it or not, I'm going to protect her. That's what I wasn't expecting, too, because I knew it was going to happen at the end, but I didn't realize, like, the depth of uh, her wanting to fulfill that role that everyone says she's going to play. That was so hard. I know. To be uh, like, she was like, this is my part in this yeah, universe. This is what I can do. But like, we're, we're knowing, like, I didn't know that the cordyceps or whatever grew in the brain. I just thought they could like pull them out of her blood or, you know, like mm-hmm. take the grafts from her arm. Right. Cause like we see in some of the things where like there's the black under the arm type thing where it's grown in from the, mm. those spores. But, like, I didn't expect this. Like, oh, they form in the brain. We have to take them from the brain. It's like. <gasps> That's why I wanted to watch with people who didn't know so bad. <laughs> yeah, to just too. be like, were they expecting, oh, wait, no, they're going to have to kill her. But I feel like 
you and I, like everything that you say is what I have said to Paige like three days prior on the phone. It's <laughs> it's like incredible because that's exactly what I said to Paige. It's like, you know what? Yeah, sure. They say that they can do it, but they didn't say that they might not be able to well, do it. And if there's any chance that it might not work, to me, it's like, well, I, you can see it both ways. You can mm. definitely see it both ways, but I do agree with you. He knew exactly who, what he was doing. He turned off his emotion to it, but he knew. He's like, I am not going to lose another daughter again. I don't care what it takes. It, you know, like, it's that grief. It's what do you choose to do instead of feel the pain again? And he's put in a sort of impossible situation, yeah. right? They didn't really give... Because we talk about it and we pretty much know the choice that Ellie would make if she was given the choice. And I think Joel knows the choice that Ellie would make if she was given the choice, which is why he is kind of in this ethical dilemma of I've kind of got to save her from herself because she's seeing herself as this hero and he feels like he has a lot more of a grounded, realistic idea of what would possibly happen if they did this, right? Which is why he justifies his own lying to it. But you know her feeling about it. Not only has she talked about it this whole you know, this whole show and whatnot, but at the beginning of this episode with the draft scene, it's like right after they actually feed the draft and they just go up and they're just looking out is when they're talking about, and she says the line of, something along the lines of oh all this way for nothing right came yeah. all this way for nothing and that was sort of like it what i talked about which is weird that it like they got yanked out so fast that they got here but that's why that's like the explanation of it is they did come all this way for that but when joel has the realization of like why they're there and what's actually going on and his own personal his own personal needs and his own idea of what's actually going on is why all of a sudden they're going back to Wyoming and why they're thrown into this really interesting scenario, which I'm excited to see how it plays out. Well, I feel like also, like, ever since Riley's death, she's got, like, such survivor's guilt. And you see it, like, again, when she writes, like, I'm sorry on Sam's (laughs) grave, like, survivor guilt. Like, just every time she loses somebody, you can see that just, like, this can't be for nothing. Like, I, why am I still alive? I have to have a purpose. And that's taken from her. So you think, um, you definitely think they gave her the choice, she would say. I Do it. I'm dead. Do. Go ahead and do it, even if it doesn't work. Yeah. I'd say I'm doing it for Riley. I, I'm doing it for like Sam. I, I think I, I, think I agree with Tess. that. And then at the same time, like, I think that Joel knows 100% that his intentions are selfish 100%. <laughs> he well, just doesn't want to lose her. I feel like that's the thing, though, is there's so much, and, and like everyone's like, oh, it's black and white. This whole this whole story is technically a gray area. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the ethics are gray. Like everything is like moved in between the shadows in a certain way because they have to like if 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 I were in this world, right? You spend your time sneaking quietly, trying to do things, and to not make waves to get destroyed, killed, whatever, right? But like the fact of the matter is, is like. This this show or this series or the outcome of this whole episode could have been vastly different if we just had a conversation between the leader of the Fireflies, forgot her name again. Marlene. Marlene, <laughs> thank you, Paige. Marlene, Joel, Ellie, maybe the doctor, you know? But it's it's just very fascinating to think about like there are so many factors in this. Like, where's the power coming from? Because I imagine the power grid is down in certain sections in certain ways. Are they running a generator? What's going on in those those places and ways I don't know. And I'm, I'm going off on a huge tangent here, but I don't think 
if I'm being completely honest, I don't think Joel's in the wrong. He's not the bad guy in this moment. And it's because uh, Ellie wasn't given the decision. And it, uh, to be honest with you, the Firefly's action is very reminiscent of the the preacher guy. Like, they, he took her and he was going to make her do whatever he wanted. That was his goal. These people took her when they knocked out Joel and was mm-hmm. and made her do whatever he wanted. It's the same. It's the same thing to me. There was no decision made by her for this experience. So I'm sorry. I'm feeling. I very just want to right know now. if Marlene explored other options. She knows how Ellie became immune. She was there when she was born. She's got. She has an idea. Yeah. I mean, she's immune. If Ellie decides to have kids, is that going to cross down to her kids? Maybe we should keep her alive long enough to experiment with that a little bit. Hey, maybe we should try to infect another person. Like, if we're going to be willing to kill people, then. Maybe Oof. try to recreate the same way that Ellie became immune. I know Ooh, these that are like would be very crossing ugly, a lot of lines, <laughs> but like if she's willing to sacrifice people for the greater good, then maybe we should exhaust all options. So, I mean, I guess I guess that's 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 the whole idea of what Kathleen said, though, right? It's just like why is she important? Yeah, and no one else is like. I don't know. It, it's it's a big question. It's a heavy question. I think that depending on your experience and whether or not you have kids is going to change how you feel about the whole thing. Yeah. I think I, I think I would totally John Wick this situation as well. We've been kind of long-winded, but if you were to give this kind of like a last, like in 10 words or I guess 10 words or less, how would you describe your feelings of the last five episodes of The Last of Us? I absolutely loved this show. It was fantastic. It's probably one of my favorite shows in a long, long time. Um, now imagine that ending of just, that cliffhanger moment where you have to interpret it how you want to interpret it and not knowing if you'll ever get an answer because that's what we were at for a long, long time before the last of us part two came out. It was just left you there with just like, that's it. That's all. (laughs) Let's discuss it. (laughs) That's all you can do. So last of us part two will be fun to get around to. It'll be fun to have these conversations again once that comes out. And they said that's approximately 2025 is when that's coming out. Oh God. So guys, we'll be back in a few years talking about the last of us again. Uh, Josh, what's your ending kind of thoughts on the last of us? I'll keep mine under 10 words. My bad. The best video game adaptation we've seen yet. Boom. Nice. Uh, Alice. Um, it is a sh- it is a show that <laughs> you can I okay, you can go longer. I'd want to that I'd absolutely want to watch again. Like there were flaws with it, but overall it was beautiful. The storytelling was great, and the acting was just so well done. I did have one question that I do want to leave: is how the heck did Marlene get to Salt Lake City before <laughs> them? Not safely. Half her people died. Apparently, they she, took front runner because she wrote, she wrote a Scottsdale. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, it was like, oh yeah, we've been here, lost some people. Well, why didn't you just take us? Like, come on, maybe we well, could have helped they you. They went up into Jackson, and they probably went a more direct route. Oh yeah, because he had to go find Tommy. Yeah. Oh oh oh, Pedro. That's my last one. <laughs> Pedro. Single. Yes. I'm single. Pedro, I'm single. <laughs> Did you see his coffee order, though? What is it? Oh, my gosh. So I'll send you the thing. But he, like, has, like, five or six shots of espresso in his, like, r- regular-sized coffee. And it's like, how's the man not dead? I'll feed but- you espresso, baby. <laughs> Paige, final thoughts. Uh, I 
was really excited for Pedro as Joel, and I walked away feeling like Bella Ramsey was Ellie more than Pedro was Joel. Like, Pedro still did a great job, but Bella Ramsey. Holy guacamole. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What else did you, really quickly, Paige, since you are the game fanatic, Mm. did it live up to the hype, though? Did it meet your needs as a gamer for this to be put into film? Oh, yes. Yes, and I have already watched it twice. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I've say less. It, I think say I've less. watched it almost twice. Oh, nice. Through. I'm so hyped. For and you. I'm so excited to play. It comes out on PC end of March, coming up, and I will be playing it Why again. Is it, diff- is it different? It's going to be the remastered. Yeah, it's going to look prettier. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, Paige and Alice, we appreciate your kind of joining us, and we hope to have both of you on the podcast in the future. So if you have other films you'd like to come talk with us about or other series, um, please hit us up. We'd love to have you. Our Vince, episodes normally aren't this long. so <laughs> No, this is the longest episode in a long freaking time. This is almost two hours. So anyhow, guys, thank you so much for tuning in the Pods Ryan Play podcast. We appreciate you being here with us, joining us. And talking movies with us. Yeah, got any feedback for us? Let us know. Hit us up on YouTube, Instagram. We just joined the Tiki Talk. What a trolley area of the world. But anyhow, find us there. We appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time on the Pause Rewind Play podcast. <laughs>